you would, turn your Bibles this morning to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. I'm trying try not to take up too much of your time this morning, but I, you know I'm going to get my hour and a half in anyway. I don't need no help from you, woman. <clears throat> I'm going to stop preaching on be submissive. You keep on. <laughs> going to be a long day at my house, ain't it? <laughs> oh, me. Y'all do know I'm just kidding with her, right? All right. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to read verses 10 through, uh, let's go 10 through 18. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you ain't there, say hold on. All right, we got a few. I know we can be a little unorthodox sometimes, but we love the Lord for all y'all visiting with us. I promise you we do. We're just a big family that loves God. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Here we go. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles means his cunning arts or his deception or his trickery. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day and having done all to stand. That word withstand means that you are actually pressing against. You're not just standing, but you're gaining momentum on the enemy. But then after you have done all with the armor of God on, you can still just stand. The word stand means to maintain an upright position, not to be moved back or sit down. You may not be moving forward, but you ain't getting set back. After you've done all, having on the whole armor of God, just stand. And then verse 14. So stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You may be seated. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. And um, Ronnie Rutherford, would you lead us in prayer this morning, please? Amen. Amen. Last week, if you'll remember, uh, for those of you that were here, we saw the reality of this spiritual war that takes place. We started in Romans chapter um, 7 where Paul talks about this battle that is going on inside of each and every one of us. I talked to you about how most of the world views this spiritual warfare as something silly, something that does not exist. Uh, I, I remember... Uh, I think I told you about the quote that comes from the old uh, 18th century French poet to where he said, the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing the world that he does not exist. And that is so true. 
I started watching these video clips of Saturday Night Live because I remembered a skit called The Church Lady. Some of y'all may remember that. It started back in the 80s. And The Church Lady was a skit of a holier-than-thou Christian who stood and she interviewed these um, celebrities about different sins and and topics that were going on in the world. And then somewhere through the show, she would end up with the catchphrase that she became popular with that said, Do you think these things could be coming from Satan? And then the whole place would erupt with laughter. And, and don't get me wrong, I understand, I do. Because in the flesh, the actual thought that there is this great battle that's going on that we cannot see, the truth of the matter is, it's crazy sounding. It is. However, if you were to take a moment and look inside your own life, you would see this battle taking place without it being physically seen with your eyes. Look inside of yourself and look at your daily walk and think about the things that you struggle with that you know in your standard of goodness, not God's standard of goodness, but according to just what you know as good and bad. Look inside of you at the struggles that you have every day about doing what is right in your eyes, about wanting to chase after the things that are not of your standard of goodness. You think about the war. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, you don't have to go there. You should remember it from last week. He said, I, don't, I can't explain it to you other than there's a war going on that what I want to do, that's what I don't do. And what I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. He says, who's going to save me from this wretched man that I am? And how many of you know that every one of us fall in that category? Wretched men and women in this building this morning. And there ain't no other category for you. That's where you fall in. You are a wretched man. You are a wretched woman. That's where I fall. But Paul said, who's going to save me from this wretched man that I am? He says, thank God, Jesus Christ is going to save me and he's going to show me the way to live for the glory of God. So this great reality is seen in each and every one of us that this spiritual war is taking place. We saw from the books of Isaiah and Ezekiel that this war began when Lucifer, who was the most beautiful and wise cherub or angel, he said within himself, I will be God. I will lift my throne above the throne of God. I will reject the authority of God and I will stand on what I want and people will follow me. And he was thrown out of heaven with his angels. A third of the angels is what Revelations tells us. And he was cast down. And now he is here today still working the same trickery trying to get as many of you as he can to number one, not turn to Jesus Christ because if you do that, you are submitting to the authority of God and, re and therefore rejecting him. But in Christians' lives, he is trying to get you to go back to your old ways. He's trying to get you to quit following the authority of God. Because as long as you are not submitting to God, then guess what? He is like the Most High. And you follow Him. And He is accomplishing everything that He wants. Now the sad thing is, or yeah, the sad thing is, He don't realize that at the end of the book, God wins. He can't figure that out. He can't get it in his head. So he's still fighting even today trying to get you to reject the authority of God. And thereby, if you follow your own desires, you are submitting to him and you don't even know it. The greatest trick he ever played was convincing you 
that he don't exist and you're just doing your thing. You ever heard that before? I'm just doing my thing, man. I'm just doing my thing. I ask kids today, they out living in the world like I used to be. I same way, same I living for my own life. I said, what are you doing, man? They look at me and they'll say, I'm just doing my thing, man. I'm just doing my thing. You think you're doing your thing? What you're doing is you're following that angel who is trying to be like the Most High, lifting his throne above the throne of God, and you are falling into the category of a follower of this Satan that most of the world thinks is funny that we even think he exists. But he does exist. In Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 18 that we just read, Paul tells us that Christians are wrestling it is a battle that is going on inside of us and we are wrestling to stay true to Christ and follow God. He says that we are in a battle against these spiritual powers or against the trickery or the wiles of the devil. The spiritual rulers of wickedness. The, the ruler of the darkness of this age. And if you've been a Christian for more than a few minutes, you know that this battle is real in your life. So he tells us to put on the whole armor of God. It's not something that you just automatically come equipped with. You don't come and, and, and humble yourself before God and say, God, save me. And then all of a sudden, he just starts throwing everything on you. There is a part that you play. You have to put something on. He says, put on the whole armor of God so that you will be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. And after we've done all that we can do, just stand but not go backwards. So he told us to stand and gird our waist with truth. And you remember from last week, in other words, the word girding with truth means to be ready. People were girded and they had their garments girded up so that they were always ready. Jesus told his disciples, have your waist girded and your lamps trimmed so that when I come you can open to me immediately. You don't have to get ready, you're already ready. So he says to gird yourself with truth or to be ready with truth. Why do you think that is? Because one of Satan's number one tools is lies. This is the battleground. He's coming to you every single day and he's telling you, you don't have to fight this. Just do whatever you want to do. You don't have to worry about this. You don't have to um, consume yourself with this and trying to submit to all of this. Just do whatever you want to do. Just do your thing. And he'll tell you all kind of lies just like he did Adam and Eve. He said, did God really say you will die? You will not die. They should have looked him dead in the eye and said, If God said it, he meant it. And I'm standing on it. They should have fought him with truth, but they didn't do so. He's coming to use trickery and lies to deceive you. Listen, it's inevitable. If you are in the world, he is a roaring lion. He is your adversary. And he is seeking at any moment in your life to devour you. That's just the truth. We fight his lies with the truth. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse, um, I think it was verse 41, I'm not sure, but he said, If you abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then the next weapon on the list, and I'll go through this kind of quickly this morning. In Ephesians 6, verse 14, he says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist, or stand being ready with the truth of God's word, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now there's key words right there. 
Again, this is not something that just automatically comes to you. This is something you have to put on. He says you put on the breastplate of righteousness. So Paul says that Satan has a tactic that only righteousness will protect you from. Think about this. Basically, he's giving you armor that protects you from the wiles of Satan. So if he tells you that you have to put on a breastplate of righteousness, I'm going to mess that up all morning long. If he tells you you have to put this on, then we know that there must be a tactic that Paul is thinking about that we need righteousness to protect us from. So what is this tactic? And here's what I come up with. How many of you know that Satan is always trying to get you to go back to your old ways? He's always trying to get you to just go back and, and live that life that you used to live. Remember how fun it was. Remember how good it was. Remember how great things were when you were just over here? You didn't even have to get up on Sunday morning and go to church if you didn't want to. Oh, you'd still be in the bed getting you another hour. You wouldn't lost no hour this morning. You'd have got a few. Telling you all kind of things, just trying to get you to go back to your old ways. He'll put temptations and trials and burdens in your life and say to you, why are you submitting to God? Look what He's doing to you. Look at this trial. You think your life's better since you come to Jesus? Look at your life now. Why don't you just go on back to the way things used to be? And Paul tells us that there is only one thing that can protect us from this. Righteousness. The word righteousness means good moral works or, or having a right standing with God. The only way you can have a right standing with God is through righteousness. Now, there is no one here that has it. The only way we have it is by putting on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that He has closed us with the righteousness of Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect moral life and He submitted to the authority of God in every way. And because of that, He was righteous before God. He shed His blood to pay for our sins. And now we put on His righteousness and God closed us with His good ways. And now we follow Him as He leads us to the way of righteousness. And we produce the fruits of righteousness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul actually said that he disciplines his body so that he can bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself am disqualified. He said, I keep under my body and I bring it under my control so that by any means... When I have preached to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul said, I can't just live any way that I want to and actually think that I'm a Christian. You see that, right? I can't. How is it possible for me to get deeper in sin and be following Christ? Is that possible? How can I be being clothed with the righteousness of Christ and walking deeper into my sinful ways? So Paul says you can't do that. You have to put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Put on your breastplate of righteousness. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 through 24. I'm going to go through these kind of quickly. Ephesians chapter 4 starting in verse 17. I'm going to take you to the school of Jesus. Y'all ready to go? You face to get schooled this morning. School of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4 beginning in verse 17. 
Here's the, two, here's the tactic of Satan. Therefore I say and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the world walks. You hear what Paul's saying? He's saying when you come to Christ, you should no longer walk as the rest of the world walks. So in other words, there is a great danger that when you come to Christ, there is something always trying to get you to go back and walk in the ways that you used to walk. Paul says you shouldn't do that. And they were walking in the futility of their mind. Their understanding was darkened. They were alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that was in them. Because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness. That word lewdness means unbridled lust. It means they looked at anything in the world they wanted and guess what? That's what they went after. They just doing their thing. I'm just doing my thing. And they have unbridled lust. They have no keeping under their bodies and bringing it into subjection so that I can be qualified. Now, I'm not preaching works for salvation this morning. I'm going to get there here in a minute. Works are a direct result of your righteousness in Jesus Christ. Okay? But keep going with me just for the sake of um, seeing what the Word would say. In verse 20, listen what he says. But you have not so learned Christ. So what he's saying here is there's a school that we're in. And in this school, maybe it's Sunday school. In this school, we are learning Christ. We are learning to put on His righteousness. So Paul says don't walk the way that you used to walk because you have not learned that away from Christ. But then, then just in case there are people sitting in the church of Ephesus that are not. Really, Christians, Paul's saying, listen, I'm not judging you salvation. I'm not the one that decides whether you're, whether you're a Christian or non-Christian. However, just in case, I want you to understand one thing. You haven't learned to walk that away from Christ. If indeed, verse 21, you have heard him and have been taught by him, there's a possibility that you have never actually heard his voice calling you out of your darkness. There's a possibility that you have never saw the error and the sin of your lifestyle and heard the voice of Jesus say, Come out of that. Come buy bread that is free. Come drink water that you'll never thirst again. Come and receive eternal things and come out from among them and be ye separate. Maybe you've never heard that voice and maybe you've never been taught by Him because in verse 21, the truth is in Jesus and here's the truth in verse 22. So the school of Christ. Paul says the first lesson when you come into this school. Here's your first lesson. That you put off concerning your former conduct. So there's a thing that has to take place here. When you come into the school of Christ. The first lesson that he says. Change your clothes. Can't be looking like that. You can't be doing like that. I'm telling you, that's not the way of righteousness. That's not the way of being in a right standing with God. I, you're clothed with my righteousness, but the direct fruit of seeing that you are actually clothed with the righteousness of Jesus is that you produce that fruit. So I tell you, you've got to put off your former conduct and put off the, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust or according to the lewdness or the unbridled lust. He says you've got to put these things off. But you can't just stand there naked. No, you can't. You've got to put on some clothes. 
So he says here, put off the old man in his ways. And then you put on the new clothes in Jesus Christ. So what are we putting off? Well, if you would go over with me to Colossians chapter 3, I believe it is. Colossians chapter 3, and you'll look at verse 5 through 9. We'll see some things he says we ought to be putting off. He says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, and here's five key words that you ought to remember. I believe it's five. Actually, I think it's six. Six key words that you ought to remember for the rest of your life. Because of these things, the wrath of God is what? Because of these things that you're supposed to be putting off, the wrath of God is coming. The wrath of God is coming upon the sons of what? Disobedience upon the ones who are rejecting the authority of God, who refuse to submit to the authority of God, and instead they just do their thing following this devil that in their mind doesn't exist. So he says here that the wrath of God is coming upon all the ones who walk in these things. I'm not talking about stumbles, I'm talking about lifestyles. We all stumble, we all make mistakes, we all mess up miserably, we fall down, get mud all over our face. But I'm not talking about stumbles. I'm talking about lifestyles. He says here, in which you yourselves once walked when you what? When you what? Lived in them. When you practiced them. When they were your lifestyle, not your mistakes. So the school of Christ says you've got to put off these old ways. And you have to put on. Back in Ephesians chapter 4. You have to put on. If you'll look at verse uh, 24. That you put on the what? New man. Put on the new man. But here's the thing I want you to know about this new man. And this is very important. And I'm not going to keep you much longer in this this morning. Because I can, I can make it very plain for you. This is not a moral uplift. I'm not trying to give you a list of do's and don'ts so that you can write this list down and go out tomorrow and say, okay, as long as I don't do this and I do do this, then I'm going to be okay. No. If you are covered by the blood of Jesus, you're going to be okay. And then if you are covered by the blood of Jesus, the list of putting on the new man that comes with it will be evident because you are following Christ. You see that? So he says here that you have to put on the new man, but look back at, or no, keep going with me, verse 24, that you put on the new man, and those next three words in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, that you put on the new man which was created according to God. I want y'all to see that now that she's got it up there. Watch this. That you put on the new man which after God is what? What I want you to understand is this is not something that you do on your own ability and standard of goodness. You can't just walk your walk tomorrow and say, okay, this is what is good and this is what is bad. You have to learn Christ to understand God's standard of goodness. Listen, our standard of goodness will say, ah, it's not that big a deal if I'm living with my unmarried partner. 
It's not that big a deal if we have premarital sex. That's our standard of goodness, right? I mean, let's just get real this morning. I'm just being straight, all right? I'm telling you what my mindset is and what most of your mindsets can be, get to be. The devil can put these things in your mind to tell you that, that uh, it's not that big a deal. It's not really wrong. It's really not a, it's not a thing that God would be displeased with. So he says here that this is a new man that is created. And the way that is created, back, go back to verse 23 for me. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23. Here's how it's created. Be what? In the spirit of your mind. God places something inside of you called his Holy Spirit. He teaches you the ways of Christ through his word. The spirit opens your eyes to these things. And the light of Jesus Christ shines into your life. And then according to, y'all look at 2 Corinthians. I don't know if I gave you that one or not, Beck. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe. Actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Look at, look at what God said. Starting at verse 17, I'm sorry. And I'm fixing to close with this. Because I know I've took up enough of your time this morning. Second Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Lord is that what? And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is or freedom. In verse 18, look what he says. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. You know how we're beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord? Jesus Christ, the Bible said, He is the image of Almighty God. When you look at Jesus, you see all the ways of God. And we all, with open face, behold it with His Word, the glory of the Lord, and here's what happens as we see the light of Jesus Christ shining into our life. We are changed. You see that? A putting off and a putting on begins to take place. We are changed into the what? Anybody tell me what the will of God is for your life? The Bible says in Romans 8.29. You ain't got to turn there, Beck. I want you to stay right there. The Bible says in Romans 8, 29, that for, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. In other words, you know what your destiny is? You know what the will of God for your life is? That you be conformed into the same image of Jesus Christ. In the book of Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says, let us make man in what? So when God created us, we were supposed to be his image. Bible says that we fell short of being his image. And now Jesus Christ has come to show us the way. And by going to the school of Christ, we see the glory of the Lord with open face, like looking in a mirror. And as we see this, our spirit of our mind is renewed on a daily basis as we gaze at the perfections of Jesus and His ways, His compassion, His mercy, His forgiveness, His kindness, we look at that and go, wow, how does He do it? And we say, you know what, I'm going to be like that. And the Spirit takes hold of that and supernaturally God begins to create a new man inside of you just by looking at Jesus Christ and His ways and putting on how He walks. 
And then we are being changed into that same image from glory to glory, even as by who's doing the work. It's a supernatural thing that's taking place. It is God's creation. The only thing we have to do is put it on. And when we put this new man on, we put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as long as we are walking in this new man, there is no fear of you ever going back to your old man. Do you see that this morning? So what is the tactic? The tactic of Satan? Let's get him to go back to his old ways. What is the armor that protects us? We get up every single morning and we say, This morning, I will walk in righteousness. This morning, I'm going to be true to my God. This morning, I'm going to look to His ways to see what I should do, no matter what my desires want. If He says do it, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And as long as I am following that path, there is no fear of me ever going back. Satan is coming to wrestle with all kinds of tactics. But be ready or gird up to fight with his lies with the truth by abiding in his word and learning the truth that will set you free. Get up every morning and make a declaration that today I will walk in righteousness and put on the ways of Christ. Did y'all catch that? Today I will be further transformed into the image of Christ. Today I'm going to be more like the same image of Jesus Christ. Today I'm going to be transformed from the glory I was yesterday to the glory that He wants me to be today. And I walk that walk every day. And day by day, if indeed I am putting on Jesus Christ, I will become more like Him and less like me. I leave you this morning with this warning about putting on your new clothes. This is a, this is a good warning too. Listen closely. You remember the parable of the wedding feast? The king prepared a marriage for his son, and he prepares a wedding feast. He invites all these people to his wedding feast, but the ones he invites, none of them show up, okay? They don't show up, and he says, Okay, go into the highways and the hedges and invite anybody who will come. Get anybody who wants to come to my wedding. And he invites them all and they come. And when he comes in, he begins to look at his guests. And he looks and he sees there's one man in the midst of this crowd that don't have a wedding garment on. And he looks at him and he says, Son, how did you get in here without your clothes on? He looks at his servants and he says, Bind that man hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Basically, here's what I got from that. There's going to be many churchgoers who will be shocked when the Lord comes to celebrate His marriage feast. But they never put on their new clothes. God is looking for a wedding garment for you to be wearing. He's looking for you to have made yourself beautiful by the Spirit of the Lord, according to Ephesians chapter 5, if you were to go over and read it. He says, she has made herself ready by following Jesus Christ. So there's going to be many shocked churchgoers when the Lord comes that never put on their new clothes. Instead, here's what I, and I, this is just a kind of crazy way my mind thinks, instead they just shine their shoes. That's what many of us are doing today. Instead of putting on the ways of Christ, we just shine our shoes up. 
We shine our shoes and we adjust our collars and maybe we tuck in our shirts, but we won't take off those cherished habits. We won't put off the old and to put on the new, we just shine some things up, make some things look better. They won't take off the old attitudes of racism. Let's just get straight. Yeah, that's the world we used to live in. Racist. Racist. Come on, y'all Waynesboro people. Racist. They won't take off the old attitudes of racism and realize that that ain't of God. But instead, they'll continue to walk in them. They won't take off the love of money. They won't take off unforgiveness. They keep walking in it. They want the hope of heaven, but they will not dress for it. If you don't put on righteousness of Jesus Christ and let God transform you, you will be that man who is bound and cast into outer darkness. I don't care how many church services you've attended. Put on the breastplate of righteousness or you're not going to make it. I'm not telling you to work for your salvation. I'm telling you that the works are a direct result that you have your wedding garment on. Do y'all see where I'm coming from this morning? So I ask you, as y'all stand this morning, examine yourself. Do you have your breastplate of righteousness on? If you don't, then I say to you this morning, humble yourself before God and tell Him, today I'm putting off the old and I'm going to put on the new that is created according to your likeness. It ain't something that you're going to accomplish overnight. Paul said in the book of Philippians, not that I have attained perfection or am already there, but I press toward the mark. The mark is Jesus Christ. In other words, every day I push a little bit further forward to become more like Him. It's not that you're going to make it overnight. But listen, day by day you're going to be transformed into the same image of Jesus Christ if you put on the new man.